some sage. sage. Get some sage. We'll burn it out. <laughs> we've got a lemon tree over here. Nice it, see, we've got we got the aesthetics. It's a nice dark room. It's pretty yeah. weird and awesome. There we go. And with that being said, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Talks Podcast. It's your boy Daka here with my amazing co-hosts. To my immediate left is Victoria, NKA Blue. Ah, uh, Blue. And to my immediate left is <laughs> Nayo, aka Sunflower Shakur. And then we have a special guest with us today. What's going on, man? Yo, it is Nige Hood, aka Nigel Hood. I've been in the cypher, man. I know I know how to, you know, pick there up. You go. Pick Speaking up. of cyphers, um, how do you feel about the new class, the new freshman class of double XL? Man, I'm so square, man. I think I might have seen a but a few uh uh freestyles from the cypher, but I mean well, who's the class? Was it Blueface? Uh what the baby? Um Megan's in there. Megan Stallion. I feel like YNW Cornell. Uh, YB and Corday too. That that might be what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I was saying that. But you never know. There's probably a YMW Cornell <laughs> I too. I think that's him. That might be. I don't yeah, know. listen. That's Cornell West signs. <laughs> I can imagine him spitting though. Scholarly bars. Cornell West dropped an album. <laughs> like, did he really? No, no bull. That's a lot yeah. of bad music made in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. We'll see. All <laughs> right. So we have Nige on here today. So we're gonna let Nige tell a little bit about himself. So tell us tell us a little about yourself, sir. Who are you? What's up? Like why are you why are you here today? Well, I'm here because you told me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Besides no, that. No, I'm stop, man. No, I'm here because I'm strong arming love... people out here. What? No, hey, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Broke my little pinky. We need guests. <laughs> 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 <Email us. laughs> nah, nah, it wasn't even like that, man. He yeah, you just asked me to yeah. Well, I think I'm here. I think my relevance lies in the fact that I make music and people dig it and um, I like to perform and I think people dig that and I make folk rap music. Can you define folk rap for us? Yes. Um, folk rap is music about daily life. Um, it celebrates it. Um, to kind of the feeling it gives you, it's uh, it's fun, it's positive, mm. but it's not like preachy or corny. Mm. Uh, it's not really like agenda based or agenda driven. It's kind of like my personality, kind of in general. Like uh, it's uh, I could go on and on. It's like um, alternative rap. It's like I would call uh. Tribe Called Quest folk rap, to be honest. Mm. That was kind of like some of the derivatives that I kind of like gave me like the concept because I feel like folk rap, it brings people together. um, And it's about like very generally relatable topics. And most of them are stories. It's less like, hey, I'm Nodge, I'm a character. And here's this song, me being me again on this song and here's this song being me again such a cool guy da 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 mm-hmm. I'm not like facilitating a party necessarily either I'm just like fucking writing a song like I got a song called Bowl in the Woods like mm-hmm. and it's called it's about smoking a bowl in the woods or I got like Fried on Friday and it's about like getting high um super on high Friday. on Friday mm-hmm. because you know you going wild out you don't got to go to work the next day or shit like that so got like you. to me that's folk rap like that's shit for anybody they can all relate to it you know what got I mean you. you know I love the fact that you created 
a lane for yourself in defining folk rap, right? Yeah. When did you figure out, or when did you know when you decided, okay, this is what it's going to be named, this is what it is, when did you know that that was your sound? What it was is I had a sound, or I had an inclination to make a lot of types of songs that generally had the same spirit, Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew I needed to call it something, because otherwise I would be just saying all of those, like, how's your music sound? Mm-hmm. Well, it's got this and da, da, da. everything I just told you, I would be saying that's how my music sounds. But it would be harder for you to grasp that if you didn't have just an umbrella word to give it in the first place. So, like, I make folk rap. And what is that? It's all of this. And since you never heard anything of that type term before, mm-hmm. it's easier for you to just take that what I gave you and just it be branded. And just that. build upon it that yep. way, and say, like, "Oh, okay." So yeah, now and then other people can start classifying other things as folk rap. Right. Yeah, like, okay, I get that. Media research and trademark it. You damn Very right, true. man. So you have been active for how long? How long have you been rapping? Shit, anyway? Man, I've been rapping since I was like ten years old, man. That's a long time. And you're how old now? <laughs> I'm like thirty. There I'm almost thirty years old. So like two decades in the game. Yeah, just consistently grinding, pushing it out. And you are a native Charlottean. Yes. So there's more of us out here, which is great because <laughs> <laughs> there's not many of us left. But so with that being said, being from Charlotte, being in the rap game and mm-hmm. being consistent in it. And now that we're seeing more people kind of come out of this area within hip hop, we've got the baby, we got J. Cole from Fayetteville, you know, the Carolinas are, they're becoming like Atlanta was in the 90s, mm-hmm. I would say. So yeah. like, what, what's your take on that? I mean, it's exciting, man. I mean, just talking about doing music for so long. It's like sometimes you can get discouraged because you you wonder, do I start off with this big amount of buzz and does it just dwindle as your peers get older? Or you might be thinking about the people who are really into your stuff and like, yo, where are they? Or you think you always have to like cater to those people in a sense. But what I've learned as an artist, especially the advantage of being in Charlotte, is you got 50-something people moving here every day. Mm. Um, And a lot of those people are young people, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I think that this is a great opportunity now to just lock in and speak to this new audience. Um, A friend of mine, Kenya, she told me that, you know, Dove has sold the same type of soap for... 100 uh, like 100 years right mm-hmm. yep. but think of how many commercials and campaigns they've had for that same soap mm-hmm. like for new people so she said like you know treat treat your music like that and she also said that um your song's a new song until everybody in the world has heard it mm-hmm. so i feel like Very merging exciting. that attitude with the growth um of uh charlotte right now uh it's a great time to be living here and pursuing music better than ever. When it comes to like urban leaning music, it has some uh, growth to do with appreciating it and giving those um, uh, artists some checks and Mm -hmm. opportunities um, and like good exposure opportunities. But I feel like with the baby um, and also Loot being uh, Mm -hmm. signed to Dreamville, you know, you even got De Niro Farrar, you know, and even all those people that I mentioned, you know, it's cool. I know them and they know me 
and you know nothing's set in stone or anything like that but i just feel like it might be it might be a pretty soon soon time for me to like you know mm-hmm. start getting a little bit more um kind of like not exposure but like be more known you know out here and i think that the the light that's getting shined on charlotte will help that but yeah. you're already out here anyway now. Like you, every time I turn around, you're doing a show somewhere, or you got you know a tour coming up or something. Yep. So I mean, yep. you've been working. So yeah, shout out to uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. There's some cities that like they've really held me down, like uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Real talk, uh, Greensboro, like the artist block. They've had me so many times. Like uh, Black to Hip Hop, uh, that uh, event that my man Viva put on. Like I think it was like 2016. Like that was the one of the first big shows that me and my band performed at and like headlined. Um, shout out to California, they vibe with me heavy, DC and uh New York as well. So definitely. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to those cities. Right. Now speaking with your music, with like the instruments that you have with the band that you that you are incorporated with or mm-hmm. that plays with you. Um was it your idea or did, was it like a thing that just came about like with the banjo and like folk and in, music instruments um, and mer- merging that with hip hop? That came about with uh, like the summer of 2000, maybe 2015, maybe 2016. No, t- summer 2015. Oh, I think it's 2016. Uh, but uh, I had been kind of like around that time, I've always kind of like, being in the Plaza Midwood scene of music or whatever, you're gonna like encounter like bands mm-hmm. and just kind of me just being cool with other musicians. There'd be times where like a certain band, like there's a guy, my man Adam, who had a band called The Carbonari. He's with Mammoth Indigo now, but they were like, yo, you should come, you know, lead some songs like do some of your raps over the uh us playing Mm -hmm. so i was like cool man sounds good so it was actually the local which is like a bar uptown Mm -hmm. and they had just opened it was like only but a few people in there or whatever but that was one of the first times like performing kind of like with the band and i was like damn like i I got so much room in a sense to like be like like, you know what i'm saying you can scream you can like improvise you can do a lot of shit so I was like, that kind of led me on, like, just any kind of opportunity I could to, like, perform with a band, I would. So then that led to me linking with Blue House, which is my man Roscoe, Calvin, Ricardo. Um, they all put this band together. And um, so that was the first band that I performed with because I didn't have a band together myself. So then I put together the folk rap band. And even when I was younger, the songs that I would write would be, like, based on, like, I was a 60s fanatic, like oldies, mm, okay. you know, you know, pop, soul from the 60s, hippie 60s music. For some reason, I just latched on this particular station and just listened to it all the time. So, like, I was always just kind of writing songs and always just, it just kind of, like, all was, I think, due to come to a head. And, of course, I had, like, um, a little battery in the back from people like Chance. You know, I saw him. He had, what, the social experiment. Mm-hmm, yeah. And... I just wanted to kind of like enhance my live show. So it definitely adds a different effect to it when you have 
And I think we're starting to see a lot of artists realizing that now. It's like, it's not just enough just to have a DJ mm-hmm. behind you spinning the track. You know, people want to feel something. They want to see something to go along with the show or like, I feel like there's more than them just, you know, listening to you spit over the track again, Definitely. which is yeah. fine, I guess. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's where Kanye's trying to go with the Sunday services mm, and bringing yeah. that back and having that. I agree. I think that's kind of some of the best music where they was having the live fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah behind them so you mentioned that your well there's no doubt in anybody's mind who's heard your music that you have a lot of um complexity when it comes to the melodies that you choose and all the instruments and different parts and sampling music that you use but as you mentioned earlier your lyrics have some simplicity to it is there an overall story that you're trying to tell enjoy life and i know that that's like everybody's motto and that's like the juice that our idols give us, but just be proud of who you are and don't try to step out of who you are. And I think that's a very simple thing, but it requires so much um, acrobatics, emotional, Mm -hmm. uh, mental acrobatics to stay at that truth or equilibrium. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a sense of being vulnerable, you know, like you've talked about many times, but and as an artist, I think everybody in here as a creative, you've had that moment where you feel, you know, that you've had that moment of depression when creating. And it's like, I don't think I'm creating enough. Who am I creating for? Mm-hmm. And those things. But I think it's also fair to ask, is it meant for you to stand out? Part of my talent and part of my responsibility is the fact that I, I stand out. Um, and I think that my talent is that I'm a character. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's my responsibility to um, not change my character and also use that in positive ways. Mm, Definitely. I would say I think that overall, I think there's kind of a shift that I'm noticing in especially just music is that we as consumers and as people that listen to music, we are wanting people to give us something different. Mm -hmm. You know, we're always going to have... You know, and it's not knocking anyone, but we're always going to have trap music. We're always going to have, you know, mm-hmm. niggas rapping about hoes and whatever else. But it's like, okay, but what else? Yeah. You know, what else do you have to bring well, to the table? Fresh. Yeah, like. I mean, they've been talking about that stuff for like years. It's just about how it was presented. I was talking yeah. to my mom about that. Like, oldie music, every time I come up, I'm like, this stuff is vulgar <laughs> and nasty. It's yeah. just coded. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not yeah. even really all that coded. Yeah. I just. Yeah, it's not all. It's very, some of it's very blatant. And, yeah. you know, but people like to say that our stuff is blatant, but it's just because somebody's not singing it, they're, you know, rapping it. You know you what? That blues. is true. I mean, honestly, bro, like trap music. It is the blues. It's think of if you listen to like Future? old blues. Yeah, if you listen to old blues, you don't know what they're saying. Yep. All the <laughs> all the riffs are basically the same riff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about they woman. They're talking about getting high. They're mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. fucking. <laughs> I, 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 this is his third time cursing. This is first right. time right. asking first if time. he can cuss. Oh. <laughs> We're, we are marked explicit on Apple just because of our mouths, not because of subject matter. It's because of Daryl's mouth. I don't curse on this show. Oh, shut oh. the fuck up. Well. Point. <laughs> 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 the period with the T. 
with the poo at the end too. <laughs> but that's I think that's interesting that you say that because I think we as the generations go on and on. I think every generation feels so detached from the next generation as far as music. Like they're like, oh, that's we weren't doing that. It's completely different. Like y'all, are but it's, just, it's a shift in that though. As you know, we know, like you mentioned, but then also history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. We're getting back to the festival type music, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting very back to the like with Anderson Pack. Even yourself, like when yeah. I listened to Function, yeah, I was like, okay, this gives me that feel good music that relates like that. I could see that and feel that at a festival mm-hmm. and good. be able to yeah. groove with that. You know what I mean? And then you mentioned like with you listening back in the day, some of the things that or some of your music or how you described it kind of gives me a hip hop mix with a Janis Joplin. Or a Yo, let's Hendrix. go. You know what I mean? That type That's of thing. I like so, this. And, and, I like. And as you look around at it, it's like it's starting to make a shift around. But mm-hmm. then it's like also what makes me wonder, like with the sound of the Carolina starting to really mm-hmm. go up in the Dreamville Fest, right? Mm-hmm. Is the Charlotte sound a festival sound? Is Charlotte sound a festival mixed with hip hop, mixed with a soul sound? Because I, I mean, you like, think with the Fantasias and yeah. the Luke and. True. You mix yeah. all there's that a, together. A big, Charlotte, a big it's going to be a big sound. For I feel the like Charlotte has. Yo, I was at a sh- uh, little showcase on Friday, and it was like a lot of underground cats. Like shout out to Jamonte, aka King Callis. It was uh, Indigo Joe, um, and some other cats, and Lala Specific. But I was just remarking on how spread out all of these people sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, to answer your question, I feel yes, because I see the baby rocking 50,000 people at some festival mm-hmm. doing Suge mm-hmm. festival music. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, once the world knows folk rap, I mean, that already falls in line with the festival style music. Mm-hmm. Daniel Farrar, to me, is one of the best performers I, I've ever seen. And I feel like his stuff is definitely like mosh pity type mm-hmm. festival music. And it's like, it's crazy. The baby don't sound like me. Right. Uh, I don't sound like Daniel Farrar. Daniel Farrar don't sound like the baby. Right. All make quality music. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's something that I, I think that when you're in Charlotte, you don't realize, but it's taking like some people like hitting me up, DMing. Or just being like, yo, I'll be telling people, some people from Cali saying, I tell people at work, the Charlotte scene is dope. And I'm like, what the? But I guess it's a little apparent. But I even know, like, shoot, when I go to Atlanta, I've been at some showcases. To be honest, I mean, a lot of them motherfuckers are regular. I think because it's such an established type of sound there, you know. It's the name, I think. Because I think when you speak about Atlanta and their sound, they had it big when crunk music started, right? Crunk music, snap music. Yes. I think that's like where, I mean, that's when it really, in my mind, I like put on the map for like for us to be like, oh, mm-hmm. like Atlanta's like it. I mean, it started with like, I would say it started with like Outkast and Goody yeah, Mob and yeah. all them. And then it just got up to where it is now for like, yeah, like I feel that just be a lot of people either move to Atlanta because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. if I say that and then be like, oh, I'm from Atlanta and, you know, I make this music that's like, oh, instant people are going to recognize it just because of the name of yeah. where I'm from. No, you did have people do that. Oh. Yeah, there were some people that did that. 
Yeah. <laughs> like just the dream, the name out. The dream yeah. uh, talking about he's from Atlanta. You were born in Rockingham, North Carolina, sir. <laughs> oh, man. There's so many. Yo, that needs to be like a, a viral video of the exposing the North Carolina deniers. <laughs> Pretty like, much, you know? Yo, and like, it's like, be, be proud of who you're from. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yo, I don't know, but like, what post. qualifies you as a... Uh, native, because like people mm-hmm. in college would get mad when I said I wasn't from Charlotte, and it's like I'm not from Charlotte. Uh, when did you move to Charlotte? I'll say senior high school. Junior. Okay, she was here before. In a junior, <laughs> yeah. eighth grade, but like that's. No, so I'll like, say this. I always nah, used to dude, say that if you went to Charlotte high school in Charlotte, <laughs> I would always say yeah. if you went to high school in Charlotte and you like. Consistently, like when you leave it's college and you come home somewhere, you come to Charlotte. <laughs> You're from Charlotte at this point. I just you well, may be from okay. somewhere else, but like that's your new location. I don't feel like you have to say you're <laughs> from Charlotte because I mean, if you were kind of moved out here in the eighth grade, then you kind of had your identity and like you're missing that's right. home. That's home, but you got to have Charlotte in your. But then bio. I went back for high school, and then I was like, wait, I don't like y'all. And then I came back. <laughs> no, you can't. That's you like us. You can't get rid of us. You can't get rid of us. We are tied to your resume. Pretty much. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean you're not. But I just partially. don't think I should be required to say I'm from here. Like when I said when someone is like, where are you from? You're like, I'm from PG. I mean, I will that's give right. you that you're from PG because because well, I think also it goes into people's preconceived stuff about you. Like just meeting you, I wouldn't say that you were from Charlotte if I didn't know yeah, you. I'd you be like, you're from, definitely from like up north somewhere, like not here. You know, not here, not, not here, here. <laughs> not, here. <laughs> not here. And then I'd be like, that probably be like, you from DC? Because <laughs> you know that's exactly where we go to from here. You know, that's what I was asking a lot of people when I first moved here. Because everybody I met was either from DMV or um, New York. Mm. Yeah. So I would always just ask people all the time, just off ribs, what part of what part of DMV <laughs> you from? And they were like. Um, no, I'm not. I'm from here. No. Oh. I mean, bad. I very Don't. rarely meet people just like in general that are from here. Uh, the people that are from here that I know are people that I grew up with. Yeah, people you just know. Yeah, like, you know, even like at work, like everyone's from like Florida, New York, mm-hmm. wherever else. But Shoot, like, no, are people really you from are. New York? Because I've met people mm. who... They say they are. Families from New York, yeah. mm-hmm. but they born, born and here. raised Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they'd be like, well, I go to like New that. York every summer <laughs> it's since, like, yeah, but, since the second grade. Well, you got like, that deep Southern not, accent, though. That, that was, not that, from New York. Yeah, that was a deep problem <laughs> yeah. back in like the early 2000s, when New York was still like, remember when New York was still the, the, the headline mm-hmm. hip-hop place? Oh, it was a problem. If somebody... If there was that dude from New York in your school, he would talk so much. So you think he was so <laughs> yeah. cool because he's from New York, but he was just like that. Like, yeah. yo, yeah. your uncle. Like, you're like, you know, that's your cousin. Or most of them, their families like are from here. I had a diehard G Unit fan, like, mm-hmm. as if, and I'm like, dude. Did he have the square beater? You're not. He had everything. He would get I mad. I had the shoes. I had, I had the square. <laughs> he would get mad when he disrespected G Unit. It was just crazy. It's like he died. It was crazy. Like, do you know where you're from? I think it's the identity thing. I think it's just like you said, like, you know, Charlotte, just speaking Charlotte, has grown and become so different than when we were growing up here. So, like, I mean, I fell into that trap of, like, I'm moving to Atlanta when I graduate because I'm like, ain't nothing here in Charlotte for me. Don't do it. And then right, I I moved and I said... Uh-uh. Nah, <laughs> came right back. back but it had changed just in that time that i was gone it changed so much just mm-hmm. in that time you know so charlie's been up and coming since i we were born yeah Honestly, like, truly, uh, it's uh, been a slow burn it's been a long time right long time coming but we're here <laughs> yeah, we in the building. yo that's crazy but you know what's crazy 
um, you said like you rarely meet anybody um, um, from Charlotte now, but you know probably know why. Why? Because you're in circles around people with money, or at least not, hmm. you know, hmm. in in uh, people. Because I feel like a whole lot of people are just working. Even if they got comfortable lifestyle, they still working for a check. They mm-hmm. need their job, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I started my business about a year ago, for like the first one or two months, along with building that up, I washed dishes through a temp agency. So mm-hmm. I would be at, you know, wash dishes at colleges, mm-hmm. you know, private schools or whatever. And everybody I worked with was from Charlotte, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I feel like, yeah, but that also, I bring that up to kind of bring up another thing that is the unfortunate side, I feel, of what's happening in the city where you just got a lot of people, just what's going to happen. Even a lot of them same people, they probably are going to have, what's happening, they're going to not be able to fucking live in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Like they might still be working in Charlotte too, but you're gonna have all these people moving to these outside mm-hmm. cities, yeah, like yeah, Gastonia, Harrisburg, mm-hmm. Mooresville, Mooresville. You have that happening you know a lot saying? now. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it come up really yeah. expensive to live here. And the thing that sucks is like, ain't no much. It does not help. It's not like those are con- there's economy there, yeah, for them to benefit from. It's just like yo, boom. That's very yeah, true. Fuck still coming here. here. Everybody live everywhere else, but still come here to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very. So true. you mentioned like a business. You kind of like slid that in there. Oh yeah, what yeah. Is, what is yeah, this business? Tell the audience. Oh, uh, so what I do um, is I have I own a business that uh, sends hosts to uh, basically any event that you'd like, um, or any setting that you'd like, um, and primarily uh, our clients are bars and restaurants in Charlotte. We have over. Uh, 30 uh, clients that we, oh, excuse me, 30 gigs among the, our clients that we do weekly nice. uh, where we host trivia, karaoke, and music bingo as primary um, products. And, you know, we'll send a host out there for like two hours mm-hmm. and they'll, um, you know, entertain the guests. Um, and it really benefits the the people, the owners of the businesses because, like, say you're waiting on your food. If you're playing music bingo... You know, mm-hmm. having a good time with your family. You're not thinking as much about what you're waiting on. Right, true. Right. Different Very things true. like that. And so, yeah. So we started that. We actually worked for a company um, shortly. Um, actually, my business partner brought me on, and to that company while I was still working at Avid Exchange. <laughs> yes. And um, so I was making some money on the side doing being a host myself. And while I was doing this, all these people were like, yo, you should just be like, like, do you do this yourself or da da da? You're so good at this, you know. So and I've always been kind of ambitious. So I was thinking, like, yo, you know, to my friend, let's do this ourselves. And um, so Avid let me go <laughs> in May. I was yeah. a good employee, but I just was late. But I wasn't like <laughs> I wasn't like I mean like the the disrespectful late, but it was like five minutes late and over time. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing... I just... But it all worked out because I'm a hard worker. I'm a mm-hmm. real hard worker. And shit, we built it up. You know, like I said, we got 30 gigs we do a week. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, uh, we don't host them. Like, I host one a week because it's in Rock Hill. And sometimes it's hard to get reliable people kind of further away. Or people yeah. we know here, it's hard to get them to travel. 
But other than that, so we just like bust bust ass on during the day, getting all the, like the the logistical shit, like almost kind of operating the machine. But it's cool to not have to like the pressure of like waking, like having to. I still wake up, you know what I'm saying. But having to wake up at this time and get there at this time, you know what I'm saying. I just don't really operate as optimal in under those type of pressures. Yeah, you know, I like doing what I I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. What's your business called? What's the name of it? It's called Poor Entertainment. Is it somewhere like somebody can find you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll put the Sorry. beats in the in the descriptions. All right, you see. can find us um, on uh, Instagram at p o u r poor entertainment. Um, so p o u r the word entertainment. <laughs> can I just repeat myself. <laughs> Go ahead. And then we also got a website that we're actually. I mean, it's up now. Um, where when you go to the website, it's a list of all of the days and locations of our events. And nice. if you click on them, it takes you to the Eventbrite. But soon we're going to be launching a website that, uh, like a new improved website that has like, looks a lot better. It's going to have like uh, like sections for like clients to read about our products, descriptions, and then like contact us and all of that stuff. Nice. So it's really been great because actually my business partner, I met him when I came back to from school. And uh, around 2013, and he just was always come to like events that I'd have, and he just seemed to like just support off GP like the music or whatever. And he was also into entrepreneurship. So then like it just kind of like all came together beautifully at that moment where he had called and was like, "Yo, do you know anybody who would?" Like to make some money on the side hosting. I was like, mm-hmm. shit, me, nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then from there, doing that, started the uh doing that, started hosting. Then we decided to do our own company. And then from there, started to be honest, like from there, me hosting a one time I was in roasting company hosting an event. I saw a dude with the breakaway festival shirt on. And I hollered at him. I was like, yo, da 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 da. He was like, Yeah, like I helped put together the breakaway festival. And it was around all-star time and they had an event where they had got Rich the Kid. So from there, I had like played a song or I sent him a song. He was like, yo, I dig it. And from there, he put me on that Rich the Kid, you know, show. And even the manager slash friend that I have now, I met her doing a gig. Mm -hmm. And like, even now, like through learning how to do business and like kind of work a business model, because I realized business is really like the mastery of resources. Mm, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Putting together processes that you repeat and then learning how to like look at the resources you have to get the outcome you want. You know what I'm saying? And how to flip that or whatever. So like from there, we've gotten the confidence and like the know-how to take that the same like uh, lessons. And we're putting that into folk rap. Progression is key. That's good. And it's, it's great that you have your own, you know, business model that you say you can transfer those skills into mm-hmm. your music as well. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think that's something that a lot of like maybe up and coming artists, you know, we hear those stories all the time of like they got taken for a ride on their contract mm-hmm. and just like TLC back in the nineties, you know, that mm-hmm. whole thing is I, I I always sit back and think about like how are people still falling for this? You know what I mean? But I guess when you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think some people, and I mean, it's, bro, 
Shit, it would be hard to not if somebody came up to me and was like, "Yo, I work for Epic Records. Here's a contract." I mean, it's hard to not to you know because I mean, and that's also in some people's strategy. Mm-hmm. In some people's strategy, it's like, "Yo, I'm gonna get the notoriety." You know what I'm saying? Because if true. you do know how to like, I guess I would be in a good position because. I know how to work a business model, so like I'd be like, all right, if I'm gonna get this type of money up front, I'm gonna put it here, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. make sure that mm-hmm. investing. You know it. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But let's say I didn't have that, and I've just been busting my tail making music, and now you finally got it. Something by just yeah, giving me some keys. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to say no to that. And yeah. to be honest, shit. TLC good if they if shit yeah, if they yeah. didn't get taken for a ride then and they just was still sitting on the bench somewhere they wouldn't be touring right now. That's true. true. Very true. It did all work out in the end, but yeah, I guess it's just on the one hand, it's like it's business. We can't blame that you didn't read your contract or whatever else. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like damn, it's still fucked up though. Like you know what you're doing and right. like you're. Essentially, I feel taking advantage of people because yeah. you know that they, if someone's been working so hard on that level, then they're just going to jump at it because that's what they've been waiting for and just like praying right. off of that. But I don't guess. get it. Like, it's years, decades upon decades upon decades of hearing the story of people who don't read their contracts mm-hmm. and who get, you know, fucked. I'm over here censoring myself. Nah. <laughs> right, it's like, oh, you've been here. Hold on, Five now. cents in the jar. <laughs> Get it, um, you know, screwed out of their money and shit. And it's just like, reading five, even it's 100 pages. Yeah. Like, Get a lawyer you, to read There that. you go, yeah. yeah like, no one's going to do that. You know, and then, even at that point, some people get fucked over by their lawyers. That's like, you yeah, know, you know, they get fucked over by people they think they can trust them yeah, with the contract yeah. because those people are still getting paid, but yeah. they're not. Yeah. And there's no surefire, surefire way I'm unless you do it yourself, I guess. Floyd make as much money as he make. Floyd, I guess, Floyd, people, yeah, I guess people scared to fuck him over. I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, I think he got, I think he, I mean, sometimes, sometimes if you know uh, people, like if you got people in tell. You know, social intelligence. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knows the right person to trust. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, because that that's a big skill to have. Because like you can be book smart all day if you don't just have common sense and not right. like read people. Right. Mm. I'm sorry, he fucked up because he's just was dumb, bro. He just made dumb decisions, bro. I mean, he had enablers around him letting yeah. him do it too. Unfortunately. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's no, stop, no, right? No, 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 no I mean, I'm no, saying no, no. It's, it's wrong all the way around. I'm saying everyone's wrong, wrong though. individually, and he wrong for himself. Nobody is to blame for his wrongness. Those no. people are wrong for theirs, <laughs> right? They, what they did, and that's all. But I'm saying they're wrong for they letting him continue, though, too, and not saying letting anything him, about it. It's like the word, not it's doing the word letting because he's a grown ass man, and nobody's letting him do anything. He's letting himself do those things. It, it, you only. Got so much power other than kill him or call the cops, and they should have done both, but they didn't True. do either, and that's where they're wrong at. But yeah. nobody let him do anything because if they didn't help him, somebody else would, or he would have helped himself because clearly mm-hmm. it wasn't hard. Those girls admitted that it wasn't hard for, um, to convince them. It's just who he was once they got up in there. If he yeah. was nice from start to finish, we mm. probably wouldn't have an R. Kelly story today. We, th- we think about the, the R. Kellys in our daily life, right? Mm. Like, you know, dudes would graduate high school, right? And they'd be well into college age, like 19, 20, and then coming back to the high school. Mm-hmm. And like, 
trying to talk to the little sophomore and it's like nigga what what do you yeah. you know what i'm saying and even in on a college level because like you can have that such a big a college level yeah you can have such a big age difference in college i know i was 17 when i started college you and got grad seen students it. out there right so like a grad student coming trying to talk to me yeah. as a 20, 17 year old freshman and they're like 23 24 that's a big fucking difference. i remember i was you know? uh in college and there was a dude that i would smoke with that was like 40 something and you know i mean we were talking about people that we knew. I brought up somebody that I knew, and he was like, oh, I know her too. But if you think about it, he was 40, and she was like 18. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the environment that you can fall into at college because you have... Yeah, it's really this wild how yeah. young yeah. you are. Yeah, college definitely there. can set up that environment because mm-hmm. I definitely I was in those environments. I mean, and it just be like <laughs> you know we're all in the smoking circle and so and so's uncle or cousin over there in the circle. Mm-hmm. And I was just like whatever. Plenty of people we knew like that. Ain't yeah. my house. <laughs> you don't even know no better. And you when know what? The sad thing that is exactly what people said on the R. Kelly thing. They was like, I walk in there, I see blah blah blah, and I just think it ain't my house. Just yeah, like, it's like that. You shun that responsibility. It's like I'm just here to visit. This mm-hmm. isn't like my thing. It's the like whole ebony thing. They just that's it. You know, but it's like, but I think the hard truth is that when you when you're in that environment, whether you're just a spectator, or you're the person that's participating, whatever you it, you do assume. A oh, you are pr- yeah. you're participating. You are participating. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whether Once you're you have knowledge not, about something like yeah. that, and you don't say anything. And I think people anything. try and get over that. People you can't try and omit yourself don't. from that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and people tend to forget that or want to forget that. It's yeah. like, no, uh, you are involved is, in this. My thing is, take ownership. But I guess their pride wouldn't allow them. Mm-hmm. To admit that mm-hmm. it probably hurt too much because they know they're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's, that, yeah. that happened a lot in the Whitney Houston documentary, the one yeah. that came out last year. Well, you know, I gotta watch. I'm late. As oh, it was good. it's 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 on Hulu. It's on Hulu. If you have Hulu. you're talking about the one oh. on Lifetime, the, no, not that one. Like there's the a, one on the TV Whitney one? movie that came out <laughs> the, nah, with like her TV. actual family talking about shit. Oh. So it's oh. not the Lifetime the one, was a movie. The Lifetime the was a movie. That, this that one's like a documentary sitting. Yeah, the one that okay. came out in theaters that didn't come here to Charlotte, and I had to wait till it came on DVD. Oh, that's whack as hell. It was whack as fuck. We're, we're still they gonna see, recognize. This they is what I'm saying. Her. Like this one time, I like between Charlotte and Atlanta, we're still getting skipped over in those type of markets for stuff like that. I don't agree. Well, no, I've all said that's Greensboro. I've all said I've gone to a lot. Of movie premieres since I've been in North Carolina. No, they what I you said that's Greensboro. I was yeah. gonna bring up like yeah, Greensboro. Up definitely. until recently in Charlotte, where things started coming to Spectrum or whatever, mm-hmm. but it would be no major artist stopping in Charlotte. They stop yeah. in Greensboro, or Raleigh, Greensboro, or Raleigh yep. to go and to PNC, yeah, <laughs> right. And I'm Columbia, like, yo, you gotta talk- drive right through. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like it's I, the never college, I think that's it's the colleges in yeah. yeah. Columbia. Exactly you got is. isn't that Columbia? No, that's Clemson, South Carolina. I think but yeah. you got yeah. some. It's close. It's close, though. Yeah, so it's I think Columbia. that's what they're lining on. <laughs> <laughs> so now Charlotte has probably enough of a population and spending yeah. mm-hmm. money. That's mm-hmm. it. Because Didn't USCC get a, whatever that school is, get a goddamn sports team finally? Yeah, USC. Yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. They, they finally got a football team. Yeah. They suck, but they're getting better. Thing, you know, gotta yeah. do what you gotta yeah, do. Yeah, you know, they have a lot of traffic over there. They do have a lot of traffic. They'll bring so. in, they'll bring in a little bit more. Yeah, but you're exactly right. Like, I think I didn't even think about that when I would, I would always say things too. Like, I remember one year Beyonce went to Greensboro and didn't come here. Yeah, I was like, people the fuck? would be driving from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. 
And that's so, because I remember they were telling me about going to a Beyonce concert in Raleigh and how. I went to that one. Sucky. Well, <laughs> the traffic, because it was Raleigh horrible. streets ain't wide like No, Charlotte. it was fucking terrible. It was terrible. And then it rained that day, too. Yeah. It, it was horrible. But, like, the concert was great. That's but a yeah. icon, bro. Yeah, you know. If you, if you haven't seen a Beyonce show, y'all, we you know we hype it up all the time. But we're saying it's actually good. <laughs> go watch go. that live at Wembley, the throwback. Oh my throwback god, that is the OG Dangerously Beyonce in love DVD. performance, bro. I, yo, I was emotional it's so in good. that. Yo, so yeah, she she's a damn performer. Yeah, we'll watch. Oh. It. I have it on DVD now. We'll watch it. Yo, I got that. Well, I said the <laughs> completely out of this conversation. You're not a Beyonce <laughs> fan. Well, I am a Beyonce she's fan. Has, I'm just not. Uh, I'm not. Like I told him, like I'm I'm a fan of things and people and whatnot. I just don't do my like I'm not the diehard fan. I can't like recall stuff and tell you or like no. I always say you're not true Beyonce fanatic unless you know the live versions and the only, album versions. I only only care about myself and now my daughter's life. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> and that's real. If you ain't lying in my pockets to care, I don't care. I've Very seen true. the lives. I've I've seen the live performances, mm-hmm. but in person and live. No, I have not attended it. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, as long as you know, like, as long as you've seen the concerts, yeah, if you've seen yeah. the DVDs, if you saw, like, you know. I feel like I've been there. But yeah. It, I know it, it's it a total different you, experience. Yeah. But I would just, you know, you, yeah. you, you got company with you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, and I, this is just throwing this out there, but you know how it's, we're having this, um, there's a habit now, I would say, of everyone going back into people's like social media or past MySpace accounts or whatever the fuck and just like bringing up some rando shit that they said like 12 years ago mm-hmm. and like making a big deal out of it now to like in order to cancel them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be wild as fuck if Beyonce had some shit like that? <laughs> you know what's she... crazy? She probably never did nothing stupid. Like I'm about to say she probably hasn't really had a social media account that she yeah. herself she has yeah. written something That's on in years. Because recently, she, years she, this is the most active she's been. Yeah, and then right, and every time she has written it, cast we're like, oh shit, she wrote something. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big thing. Like, it's a huge thing. Even the different blogs, like Beyonce, actually did a caption. Yeah, she started doing captions now. Like when we found out she had a Snapchat, we're like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody trying to find it. Everyone's trying to find it. She's from the. Like she's from the, she came into the industry at the time where celebrities were made inaccessible, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Smith talked about this, um, about because you know he's recently gotten very active yeah. on social media within the last year, uh, right? Yep, which yeah. is genius because yeah. I mean that he is a personality, he's a character. People yeah. you know yeah. love his character, so I feel like, you know. I feel like that's probably part of the reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that they two, I think Beyonce's uh, attitude towards life is probably much likened to your attitude towards life, like what you explained, you know? And I feel like that's also like with Jay-Z too. So I feel like with the two of them, if social media wasn't a thing, they probably wouldn't give a fuck. They probably would yeah. not yeah. have it. Yeah, she didn't have I mean? it for the longest time, and she's you see where she's at. So it's not like you know how some Remember people depend when that, like, on it. One girl yeah. accidentally got added to her following. Yeah, and everybody bullied her like, "Who are you for Beyonce to follow?" Yeah, it's like yeah. who are she don't you people? Nobody. You look on that thing says zero followers. <laughs> I remember it. It was yeah. it was a thing because everyone was like, "Yeah, it was horrible." I mean, yeah. I was like, somehow, some ways, it just happened that Beyonce was following her by accident, oh. and um, 
everybody was just like, who are you? Why does Beyonce follow you? But like, <laughs> that's like, that's so toxic, man. That's, so is that toxic, toxic. femininity? That's toxic. That's everything. just jealousy. That's, I mean, but still, but that's that's a thing too, though. Yes, that's yeah. a thing. Too. I just I don't know. I, I, are you ready for like if you approach those sides of fame where it's like the women throwing their wet draws onto the stage? Hopefully not that. And... Hopefully they're wet the right way. Like, hey, y'all just kissed my parents. Here you go. You like that? It's like imagine that, would that be zoom and awesome. Stripping across. Awesome awesome say some, somebody might hard, be like, he might like it, so I'm gonna do it. Right, the diehard <laughs> R. Kelly aunties. You wanna have diehard night? Hey, hey, first and foremost, <laughs> yo, I am an auntie attractor for some reason. Are so you I'm, really? <laughs> I'm used to getting auntie auntie attention. Listen. Uh, so I'm used to the curve on. I mean, That's, I think older yeah. women appreciate, you know. And now I'm. I mean, I as I like, get older, be like my, my peers dig that now. You know what I'm saying? But when I was like early 20s, oh shit, high school. Oh, <laughs> I was the type of dude like I ain't get it. You know what I'm saying? I would like yo ask a girl she wanted to dance at a at a party or some shit. And like, you know, some chick, she might not care, but to some, that's like corny. Like, that's yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's but I've true, always yeah. been like, a, let me communicate da, right, da, da, what right. I'm thinking. Not just grab you. <laughs> right. And then when I try to do that, that shit ain't work either. So like, <laughs> You just couldn't win. <laughs> get your hands off me. What are you crazy? <laughs> so I will not know how to act, probably. But I think I kind of went through that, like, on the kind of like local side of things, just mm. I've seen the up, like the up and down of that. But you learn how it kind of operates. And one thing that I was looking at, talking about, um, kind of like the sacrifices of hard work or whatever. Raz B was talking. Raz, I was listening to a Raz B interview. But I fucks with Raz B. I was listening to his uh, Vlad TV interview. Um, he was talking about because he was like, "Yo," because they basically B2K came out with like three albums, platinum albums, and like. Two years. It was you know fast, what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was like, so how did you deal with like all the girls, da 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 And he was just like, yo, all of them, they didn't even partake, if so to speak, in a sense. Like, you know, they might have had a girlfriend here or there, mm. but not until like maybe later when, you know, they were older or whatever, that they didn't like, yeah, they had what you'd say groupies, but it's not like they was out here stabbing because one, they were like, a and R'd up, like or like they were developed to the point, and when they were developed, they were like, "Yo, this takes work. It takes hard work." And it kind of made me realize, and at that moment, kind of clicked that you don't have to be on these. You don't have to like. Of course, you show your appreciation to the people who appreciate what you do, and who also might be attracted to you as well. And you show that appreciation. But I used to be like concerned, like, "Damn, do I have to like show them that I like them too, or like mm-hmm. that, yeah. like you know." Do, or do I have to fuck them, like, in a sense? Or do I? am I less of a cool artist if I don't mm-hmm. fuck these girls that are groupies or whatever? Mm-hmm. But what, reading that kind of, or hearing that helped it clear up for me. Like, nah, like, if you don't fuck them, that makes them like you more. And that's less stress on my brain. So I can just focus on, like, I guess who I like or whatever. So, like, to answer your question, that's probably would be, like, my MO. Like, trying to, like... I see why like artists say like they don't fuck groupies. But to be honest, I think like the trend in rap now is to fuck groupies. We see like, that's the cool face, thing. Though. I don't understand. 
they, they all, all fuck this the stuff just happens. Yeah, yeah, they all fucking the same girl. They all getting the same girl pregnant, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just like My years gosh, of this or years of no always having like the. I don't want to say the back because it's not the woman's fault, but it's just the term I'm gonna use right now. The mm-hmm. back alley side chicks yeah. that you know that you. you you done none of that man. You done mm. sold her dreams of Ferraris you done and paid money on these, and and then they get pregnant. It's like, oh well, what am I going to do about this? I just this? don't understand that. Like, like, do you not know what a, y'all are rich? Y'all don't know what a condom is. Y'all Black can't China. afford a condom. Y'all can't. Y'all can go get your goddamn what you gonna call it snip real quick, and it's reversible. Yeah, it's reversible, and it's an outpatient surgery. Yeah, but that also doesn't stop That's STDs smart, before you you know <laughs> think that it does. You still need the condom or to at least go get tested yeah. but they don't do none of that they just be out here slinging their dick willy nillies and they pussy willy nillies because they're like, celebrities I feel like I mean it's a lot of non-grown people it's, it's just getting fame and success doesn't make you responsible I feel like nobody, a lot of artists yeah. like you said feel as though they have to have sex to get into certain circles mm-hmm. because they feel like they deny this person now they're going to be blackballed, which unfortunately could be a very true scenario. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially then, if you're a female. Yeah, that definitely yeah. Can happen. And then a lot of artists also feel like you know they have to have that I'm a ladies' man yeah. or I get yeah. this thing. So then yeah. you know that puts them in hot water situations, but. I don't know. It's a chicken or egg situation. You got to figure out, like, are you going to stand your ground and be the person who stood their ground and advocated for standing your ground mm-hmm. so this doesn't help happen to the person next to you, like Monique was saying about yeah. um, not accepting low stuff so the person mm-hmm. next to her doesn't have to accept low yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. are you just going to continue to go with the trend like she claims Whoopi Goldberg did by accepting the low ball offer and, you know, just to take mm-hmm. it to shut up and keep them happy? Oh, you're, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, throwing Ooh, examples and you're like, wait, what? what's <laughs> What's the heat on? What's the heat on? What, what? I mean, I'm not digging for dirt on Whoopi because well, no. I love Whoopi. Uh, Monique and Whoopi got into like a little disagreement where Monique, well, Whoopi kind of told Monique, like, you just need to take what they give you and, you know, mm-hmm. so that you're not seen as this angry black woman mm-hmm. who's demanding mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And she's thinking, like, out of all that you do for the view, as long as you've been on the view, that's all you get paid. You should be getting paid way more than what yeah. you just told me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not accepting that because you should be getting paid way more. If I accept it, then that shows that you deserve what you got. I deserve yeah. whatever they throw at mm-hmm. me. And the next black woman deserves whatever she gets thrown at her. So she feels like she needs to, she'd rather be blackballed if she knows it's because she's advocating for the woman next to her, the woman under her, the woman coming up to get uh you know the rightful compensation for whatever talent she's um producing for these people versus just getting whatever's thrown at her because she should just be satisfied yo that's big fat i think you know what i think that i love that i love and i know it's kind of far-fetched to kind of like say or happen but i wish there were more examples of us finding out what some of our icons are getting because to be honest man a lot of times what happens is in the game that's kind of played is we will in endear one or two in an industry, mm-hmm. you know, we'll kind of let that one in mm-hmm. and we don't have to pay that person a lot in a sense, but in their community or like kind of from the outside looking in, that person has made it in a sense. And it's like a reason because I even think about like I remember when Will Smith was doing his um 
kind of like boycotting the Oscars, mm-hmm. like Jamie Foxx like had this whole like I heard a snippet of him like clowning Will Smith yeah. and being like, Well shit, I got my Oscar, like just kinda like and I yeah, I must say like I mean I like I said, like I don't feel nobody is like I'm not saying he's wrong or what, but I say I was disappointed that that was Jamie Foxx's feeling about that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me think, man, who did Jake who did he did he sell it? Now, you know what I'm saying? Is he like an example? Because to be honest, like as far as like trying, I feel like okay, Will Smith's not fucking like the greatest actor in the world, but Will Smith actually uh, has like a certain uh, pride in I feel his artistry. That yeah. if you think about it, Jamie Fox, he don't really take the pride in like his. What role I'm gonna, at the yeah. last yeah, role that I think the roles that they played. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's a it's a it's a tech. It's oh, it's a tech. Yeah. And I fucked yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost you know like saying? how he was as his character on the Jamie Foxx show. Yeah. Yeah. And my thing is it's like there should be more a pre and I think part of what the tension is, and cause you kinda gotta put because I think it's two different um types of things that people want out of life. And I feel like you got people that because uh, Azalea Banks brought this up. She did a great uh, speech about, mm-hmm. she said beta bitches, which she was talking about like as a term to alpha woman or alpha male, like or beta male. She's like, you got most of these people that they put and give all this uh, acclaim and opportunity to mm-hmm. are beta type people where they they get told, they're the type of personalities that they get told what to do and they'll get, they'll do it in a sense. They don't have like, their will to do what they want to do, mm-hmm. you know or what I'm saying, per se, about it. and speak up about it. So, like, I don't knock that, but I do feel like how can we, within the black community, work together, those people who want to be pioneers and trailblaze, and the people who actually kind of like playing the game. That's mm-hmm. why I feel like yeah. Jay and Kanye really do need to link back because I feel like Jay's one of those people but also as a businessman he is rogue too but but also at the same time kind of not because if you look at like the the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. thing in retrospect he was kind of brought on like as a small small it was almost like we'll give you this percentage like we need you to be the face of this because we're coming into the hood we're gonna change it diversity mm-hmm. inclusion we're initiative. gonna fuck right. it all up and we need to have some good PR on it. Mm-hmm. And it it's I'm not saying Jay's right or wrong, but I feel like the power of both sides and a little sacrifice on both sides could push through. And at least you can have your ownership of your own industry. Mm-hmm. Makes you sense. Know? I think that's a I think across the board, that's our problem as a community is that we are always if if half of us are doing something one way or near half are doing something their way like we just are just attacking each other you yep. know we don't we don't try and find whatever's good in each other's you know strategy game plan or whatever and use that to create something better i think it's like you said it's like either you know you do this you're selling out or it's like you do this it's just like you're talking about the people that are selling out you're not you know, even trying to have like a discourse or a conversation. I mean, there's some people that truly do just do 
like you said, for anything for a check. They'll do anything, whatever you want them to get out there and show their ass and fight somebody, they'll do it. Yeah. Like that's how I view yeah. like personally, that's how I view like love and hip hop and shit. Like yeah. y'all just yeah. on here, y'all don't give a fuck about how y'all really look. Y'all don't care about what, you know, example you're saying for whomever. If you know, and I love when people say like, Oh, I'm not trying to be a role model. It's like mm-hmm. you're entitled to that. Mm-hmm. But you have to also realize that people are watching you. It's like yeah, you and they will catch are. up with you. Yeah. yeah. If you ever like just look at some of these people who are kind of like shit, look up your <laughs> average reality TV star from the Mm-hmm. early 2000s and see how they're doing or something you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. or anybody who had this type of fame based on this low vibration mm-hmm. it usually that shit don't it, yeah. you know it doesn't but last. you know that brings last. me when you bring that up with love and hip hop that brings it up to um, that makes me think of the progression of Cardi B mm. because we know on there for ratings you have to have that whole thing where you pop off blah 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 but then at the same time, it's like, now you see where she's at. She's still Cardi B. She's mm-hmm. still, the, you know, I pop a bitch if I need to type thing. But now it's kind of like that thing where it's moved into, okay, she's a little more posh. She kind of knows, okay, this is not what I need to do in order she to keep my image. She went to charm school on Love and Hip Hop so that she can. Did she, did, they really, did she really? Did she? Yes. Um, who did it? Not, um, it was, oh my oh, God. Someone Peter again, was it? Baby Mama. <laughs> Um, she had her in um, what's her name? Brittany or Brandy? B Bianca? Bianca maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, the one who did LA Rain and clear it out. Oh, look, Young B. Oh. Yeah, it was oh. her and them two when they was doing it. And she was talking about her cleavage, and she was like, "Well, I I figured if my cleavage is down, then you won't pay attention to my teeth, and because my teeth is fucked up." Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I can totally see her saying that too. I, I missed um, all that. It's yeah. interesting. I mean. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot that goes into all of that. Like, I don't know. I've never, I personally have never been a fan of that type of stuff when it seems like you're just pandering to people, you know? Um, Talk about this all the time. Again, it goes back into, you know, feeling like someone's selling out or not. Like, so a good example is Todrick Hall, right? Okay. So do y'all know Todrick Hall? No. Okay. Todrick Hall, he is... He's a black gay like artist. He does music videos. He's most known for doing like these Disney themed music videos, and he turns them into like I don't know, like hoodified shit or whatever. Like he has like Mary popping them pills, you know, <laughs> that type of stuff. So anyway, but he's he's become more mainstream because he um he has like does like musicals and shit like that. Um, so he's again a black gay like artist, and he's like really good friends with Taylor Swift. So. Just keep that in mind. He also is like a huge Beyonce fan, right? He really went famous because he did like this flash mob to Beyonce's end of time back in like 2012 or whatever in, in Target. And she recognized and she was like, oh, thanks for doing that. That was like amazing. You did a great job, blah, blah, blah. So it's like you have those two ends. It's like you're like all for Beyonce and everything she stands for. But then you're also best friends with mm. Taylor Swift over here, which a lot of us ain't fucking with. You right, know what right. I'm saying? So he had this latest thing. He has this song. That came out. It's called Lit Nails, Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels. It's really yeah. cute. It's a cute little, like, you know, Vogue track or whatever. But, and like, people want to like it, but then they're like, but wait a minute. Like, but you're like real whitewashed too. Like, mm-hmm. and I say this about like him and um, Jason Derulo is another good example. Yo, Jason Derulo definitely is a good one to that. I'm super proud that big black ass Jason Derulo is a pop star. 
I'm okay. like, I look at that as like breaking barriers or like uh, Darius Rucker. Like, you're not going to mm-hmm. catch me listening to his music, but I'm glad that he is selling music to, because he can't, I'm glad that he is, has, he pulled it off. Or like Lil Nas X, in a way. Yeah. Sort of kind of. I'm, I'm still not, I, I still not totally sold on if he's, if I like his music. But you, you know what? You're right. I, in the same vein, mm-hmm. the success or the ability to, but I kind of look at Lil Nas X as a, a like a, a new wave, like trap. He's like, a, to me, he's like in the genre of, the bright sounding trap music, like the the Yachty, mm, the uh-huh. Yachty, not the same type, but like you know those type of guys, mm-hmm. like the the colorful. I still think he's rap. I don't think he's like country. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's he definitely hip hop mostly based. Yeah, but um, but yeah, but that's exactly. It. I was just saying the same thing with like, like you said, Jason Derulo being a pop star or whatever. It's like okay, you know. We see you, Jason Derulo, as this pop star. You know, the, my biggest criticism with Jason Derulo is that I I like Jason Derulo. Mm-hmm. I like his music. Um, I definitely like his style. As eclectic as it is, sometimes you I don't I'm like you look a mess. But other times I'm like I'm really fucking with this. Like this is you know this is like yeah. my, my aesthetic he too. He has his moments, but it's like. Huh? Who's gonna be in cat? I saw that. In that shit J- too. Jennifer Hudson's in it too, and it's really oh, Taylor weird. Taylor in it. It's like they got filters. Um, on. Rebel Wilson's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have like it's pretty much they have like cat filters on. It's kind of strange. Mm. Which yo, I'm not digging. They need to slow down on the technology. Not like <laughs> growing it, but y'all don't gotta do all that. Just give me something drawn, or just don't do all that shit. Like. No, I love it. Like um, Amazing World of Gumball, if you ever see that cartoon, That's they have show. multiple forms of animation. <laughs> and I think that the the dyna- the complexity of dynamics, like they have a character on their name, Anais, and I think like mm-hmm, you, do, you yeah. don't typically give a child you know, cartoon a name like that. You mm-hmm. you usually give them something very simple. They talk about some good subject matter because yeah. her personality for the age that she yeah. is mm-hmm. supposed to be in the cartoon. Yeah. So yeah. and That's... they and they also have a lot of they talk about stuff mm-hmm. that like most cartoons mm-hmm. didn't talk about that are like political yeah, or controversial yeah. and they they spin it in a very like dope way. Yeah. So what's interesting about that to me is that like I feel that our a lot of our 90s cartoons did that. Mm-hmm. And then like sure. we had like this period, like maybe like 2000 to mm-hmm. like maybe 2010 yeah. or however long, like where cartoons just were dumb. Yeah, they dumbed them didn't down. Didn't make yeah. no fucking yeah. sense I feel like it all. was like that in there was no uh, the complexity of just media and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a sense where we are now, because we are the kids of the 90s mm-hmm. and we, I think, are kind of like, our own nostalgia. Cause like, think about it when we are coming up, the kind of like retro cool thing was like, maybe like I kind of like lived a lot in the nineties. So like the sixties in a sense, or like uh, in the early two thousands, like the eighties, eighties fashion was kind of like a thing because Mm -hmm. I feel like by that time, people who were adolescents or like maybe children Mm -hmm. in the eighties were now like the, you know, the, uh, the, one, the target commercial demographic, or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting that I wonder why there's, because when you talk about that like middle period of the 2000s, I feel like 
in hip hop music, it was kind of that. Like, mm. I mean, you listen, Get Rich or Die Trying is a great album. I think it's, but it's also an example of like how extremely commercialized violence, you mm. know what I'm saying, was where like if you look at like the violent hip hop in the in the 90s or whatever, it was just it was kind of more like rooted in some type of a thesis or like kind of like other. it was kind of political you know yeah. and yeah. then it just got to be just it had a meaning bling bling yeah. and i'll cap you like right. Because, right. Right. Yeah. yeah like i'll shoot you just because Malibu's i think that's okay. because oh no i'm sorry i was no, gonna no. say i think that's because like a lot of music like around that late 90s after biggie and tupac mm -hmm. shooting was more on a like this records was like starting to get like yeah. at their all time high, mm -hmm. and it was just like, it was like I need to let you way. know what yeah. is going to be when it's I see you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, because I mean, you think about it, and I talk about that sometimes <laughs> with other friends. But you think about it when you look at the award shows back then, mm -hmm. and they actually used to throw chairs and fight Bruh. each other mm -hmm. live oh, on yeah. TV. It was a yeah. whole like, thing. You'd be like, oh, who clicked about the win? Source now? Awards, you know I mean? ninety five. I was just watching the new edition um, story, and I was watching how they like portrayed them fighting on stage. And oh, I was yeah, just yeah. like, oh my god, mm -hmm. that was like a great concert. Like you didn't really hear nobody perform, but they was fighting on stage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is yeah. so true. And it was like it was almost like it was the thing to do just to boost your click up yeah. or your music group up. Or whatever the case, yeah. You know, now it was like, you come down, it was like the bad boys, exactly. and yeah, yeah, it was like that was what was. I feel like because it, the whole thing was it was like so one authentic because you did have people like a lot of these early, it like that's why I compare hip hop to like blues and just the overall American Black American music tradition all the same because. If you ever watch, like, uh, I know you've probably seen uh, Cadillac Records. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you Multiple look at times. it like... One of the very few movies Beyonce actually... Yeah, know, she, right? she does great yeah. in singing roles, but we'll yeah. get on that in a minute because I do want to bring that up. Go ahead, though. So uh, Cadillac <laughs> Records, I love it because, I mean, shit, like, going up on the Chitlin circuit or whatever, mm -hmm. that's like how it was, you know, when, you know, when before like companies believed in blues or whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you had people who had the capital to do it and the interest to do it, which were more than likely criminals. But even outside of like urban music, bro, criminals are oh, behind yeah. music. Like you, you, Payola, you need money that. or just in general, like who has the time and the money to invest in entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that was one well, of the people, that were people who sell drugs yeah. to the Where entertainers, the, the people who don't have to go to work, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, uh, where was I coming from? So I like, I think that at that time, you had people from the streets right there alongside either protecting, financing, mm -hmm. or even performing with rappers, you know? Yeah. And what ended up happening, that, and it got out of hand because you, it ended up becoming the cool thing to do. And you had people who weren't even necessarily about that, but mm -hmm. getting themselves involved in that stuff. And eventually it becomes so commercialized mm -hmm. that you get, it's like a spoof now. It's almost like a rap... I'm so glad it's not like it's not considered like it's more like a disrespectful spoof now, but like the rapper with the well now it's now I think we're spoofing ourselves like with the big gun and the 
the video. I think stuff I now. think there is a a culture of taking that back and kind of like yeah. throwing it back. I think a lot of rappers now are more conscious than like I watched the baby do his interview on Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. and I was listening to him. I was like. I never thought he was dumb or anything. I was like, this dude's real smart. Like they were talking about, like, why'd you wear a diaper? He's like, I knew exactly what I was doing. Like, that's like, if that's that's just the kind of shit that I was on at that point in time. But I knew how it was gonna be taken. I knew they was gonna do some clicks. I knew it was gonna do whatever. Mm-hmm. But that made people check me out. That made people check out my music. And now here I am. And like even like the Suge video itself is, yeah. you know, just a complete spoof on that whole situation. I think artists overall are starting to realize that hey okay this is what y'all say y'all want sure i know y'all gonna eat this shit up but like i'm gonna give it to you in the most like playful ass like this isn't me at mm-hmm. all and i'm gonna do it just because it's gonna be funny for y'all and there can that can get problematic if you stay in that vein too much yeah like um j cole did it when he did his um what was that um KOD. there you go yeah the that up, one that, yeah that yeah that video is that's an emotional video, bro. It's like mm-hmm. it's it tells a, so many stories. Yeah, yeah. shout out such to a little Cole, time. Man. Yeah, I, that's interesting to see because the baby has a great motif. You know what I'm saying? That he kills every time, like with the visuals and the humor and um. Yeah, but I see like him growing, uh, like just in general. Because I mean, shit. Like if you look at like you know, listen to like his music. When he was like that, he was putting out when he was, you know, coming up doing South by Southwest with mm-hmm. the diaper and everything. Like, like listen to like uh, one of the first ones that they really pushed was I got a I got a whole lot of diamonds, yeah, whole lot of gold on my neck, so young niggas shining, yeah. So like mm-hmm. that sounds totally different than like how he sounds now. So yeah. I feel like he can, he's gonna progress and grow, uh, but I do feel like. There's a lot of people in that lane that, I mean, I think it happens all the time, like snap music. They were probably like, them franchise boys was was hurt once that wasn't a sound, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, where are they now? We don't know. Shout out to snap music. <laughs> Shout out to Atlanta. So before we wrap up our discussion, you have a new EP coming out, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Tell us about the project. So this project is the Weird Awesome EP, and um, it's going to be... Uh, a very nice small compilation of songs that are all um, different sounding. They all sound different uh, from one another, but all cohesive. And it's about um, being weird and awesome in a way. Like I got a song called Weird Awesome, which is about a, a girlfriend or, you know, a girl in your life or somebody that you know that is weird um, and an individual, but you know what I'm saying? Still amazing in that individuality. And then I got a song called My Chair, which is just a weird sounding song, but it's still awesome. Then you got this other song called um, Bodies, and it's basically kind of like drunk rambling of how attracted I am to a girl that I see and kind of like the experience of like hooking up like late at night after like the party or whatever's mm-hmm. over. Um and then the last one on there is called emails. And that's about kind of like how life is weird and uncomfortable, but um through growing, I mean that's why it's uncomfortable because you're growing. Um but it's awesome when you look at the full tapestry of it. And emails is kind of about 
like the the refrain is, I don't get texts from folk no more. I get emails. So it's kind of talking about how to um, like you know, the as you get older, your your concept of what a friend is changes because something my friendships are corroding because I'm having less of these experiences with them, but in actuality, and that's where like I get emails comes into play is because. Most of my communication now is things about business or, you know, that type of stuff. And it's about like accepting that that the days of getting text messages all the time Mm -hmm. and texting, you know, back and forth, those are over. But indoctrinate yourself or accept the responsibility of enjoying and thriving and continuing to push through life. Um, as kind of an adult, it's a great project, and I'm excited for people to hear it. And um, I'm having a listening uh, party for it this Friday, uh, August 9th at Dublin Swat. It's free. Come on out, eight to ten. Well, we appreciate you coming out, bro. Oh, That's thank you so much for having me. Whenever y'all need somebody to talk again, man, ah, I'm here. I like talking. You know, <laughs> we like talking back too. If you want to talk to us, you know, hit us up on our email at talkspod at gmail.com. That's T-A-W-K-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. And hit us up on all of our social media accounts at talkspodcast. That's T-A-W-K-S podcast. On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, it's DACA signing off. Bleed signing off. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Did you wear blue on purpose? Huh? Did you wear blue on purpose? No, I didn't. Because we came in matching with the olive. We, yeah. we I noticed to- that, and I was wondering if that was like, I was like no. oh. it was complete shade. <laughs> but I almost wore that color. Really? I Damn did. I took it off. should have did it. <laughs> We're going to have to start discussing this. <laughs> and it's Sunflower Shakur. Shine. Mm, shining off. <laughs> I am shining off, y'all. Shining, 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 yeah. I'm signing off, though. I'm signing off. Folk rap genius signing out. Off. <laughs> All right, guys. Stay fashionable, my friends. We'll talk to y'all later.